Welcome to the Mom Talk Podcast, where we believe that being an informed mom is key to recognize problems at an early age. As a mom in today's world, facing challenges can be overwhelming, but having the right support can make all the difference. We're proud to provide helpful and trustworthy information to support you on your parenting journey. We do this by interviewing parenting experts from all over the world. Visit us at mom-talk.ca to access our podcast library and stay up to date with our latest content. Follow us on social media for more tips, hacks, and inspiration. Thank you for joining us on this exciting journey of motherhood. Welcome to Mom Talk, the talk show for mom. I'm your host, Genevieve Carla Five, and we, I'm with my two co-hosts, Becca E. Lewis and Heather Fox. Hi, ladies. Hey. Hi. So today we're talking about reducing picky eating in kids with ADHD with Shauna Huge. Shauna is a nutritionist and she's joining us from Mississauga, Ontario. Hi, Shauna. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So let's diving into this topic. I'm sure we have a lot to cover. We want to know, so why is picky eating more prevalent in kids with ADHD? There are a few reasons. Uh, Basically, uh, it comes down to control issues, sensory issues, and stress. So kids with ADHD are often very uh, corrected a lot more than the general population. So they're told, you know, stop doing that, stop doing that. You have to focus, you have to focus. Just a, a lot more correction. And that leads them to have a sense of less control, right? And when they see that picky eating gives them a bit of control, they uh, either consciously or subconsciously are are using that to their advantage. Um, so picky eating is generally a control issue more often than just a kid doesn't like this food issue. The second reason is sensory issues. So children who have ADHD are more often uh, highly physically sensitive to things like uh, texture, smells, taste, something that for us is just a little bit off for them is like very overwhelmingly either bitter or sour or mushy. And so that can make them just more prone to not liking as many foods as other kids can. And then the third reason is stress. Stress shuts off our appetite, right? And kids who have ADHD tend to be more stressed, more anxious, more depressed because they may be struggling in school or socially because of their behavior issues. And uh, yeah, stress is going to shut down our appetite for regular foods, but it it elevates our cravings for things like sweets and, you know, all those things that give us that little kind of buzz reward. They activate our reward pathway. So it's kind yeah. of, yeah, a, a complicated answer, but uh, that's the gist of it. <laughs> and I'm sure the sugar, I mean, if you mix with someone that has a lot of energy or, uh, you know, like it's probably <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not healthy. A, a vicious cycle there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really interesting. And, you know, I'm a speech language pathologist. And so I work on feeding um, with kids as well. And I know I have my own strategies, uh, uh, what I tell families. Uh, I would love to hear your strategies and how do you, we expand uh, kids' food choices without that battle? Yeah, well, <laughs> the first rule, 100%, and the most difficult rule to follow for every every parent, these rules apply for non-ADHD kids as well, is we have to stay positive. We have to make the kids' experience with food very, very positive. 
even more important than if they eat a vegetable is did they have a nice pleasant meal because the second that we make that that dinner table or breakfast table whatever uh, a battlefield a uh, place where they're being nagged and threatened and told you have to do this you have to eat this um, it's really going to add fuel to the fire they're going to see okay this is this is you know uh, an area where I can exercise a bit of control, where I can get a little bit of power, and it's just going to turn into a, a cycle, basically. So number one is like when your kids starts, usually they start, usually kids don't, they're not born picky. Usually it starts around age two or age five or age, you know, nine, 10, they'll start to be picky. And when that begins, we need to not give in to that. We need to not take away food that they say they don't like. Just leave it there and say, okay, if you're not in the mood for that, that's perfectly fine. I don't have cookies and whatever on the menu today, but I'm just going to leave your options here. And if you're hungry, you can eat them, right? So keeping it very positive. And it is so hard for parents to do that. I know because it's aggravating and then they get, you know, worried that their kid is going to be malnourished, but. Generally, if you can keep it positive, you can avoid picky eating. And if they're already picky eating and you've already established that like mealtime battlefield, you need to take it back a notch and focus more on keeping mealtimes positive. So rather than, you know, talking about why aren't you eating that? Why don't you like that? What would you rather have? You need to bring up topics that are nice. Like, you know, if we could go on vacation tomorrow, where would you want to go? Um, what do you think we're going to do this weekend? What do you want to do with your friend this weekend? Keeping it nice, like old-fashioned dinner time, family dinner time is is the first option. Um, sorry, the first stay, stage. Um, and secondly, we want to keep exposing them to new foods. So kids aren't going to suddenly start eating beets if they never see a beet, right? Like, I don't know any kid that's going to say, hey, let's go eat this vegetable I've never eaten before and haven't seen for a year. Um, it's kind of general rule you eat what's around you that's why uh, you know mexican people eat mexican food and and you know people living in thailand thailand eat thai food it's you eat what's around you and if you start eliminating taking those foods away that they're saying they don't like they're never going to eat them it's very would be very rare right so we need to keep exposing them having it out on the table having it around your house having them help you prepare as well then they're getting exposed to the smell and the the look of it so it's less foreign and weird to them um that's really a big issue there are many more steps you can take but those are the two main ones is the positive attitude and the repeat exposure and not forcing them to eat it but just exposing them to it in terms of having it near them right Absolutely. as you mentioned like having that chat that talking time where you're not focusing on the food so it doesn't yeah. become the center of attention it's kind yeah. of like oh it's there and then it's almost that subconsciously they'll kind of relax into that and maybe start to nibble or try something without yeah you realize um what do you yeah. think about safe foods I've heard sometimes like having like a safe food like something that you know they oh do. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Not> safe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them rotten food. They might get sick. <laughs> like I say, like, to them, it feels safe. Like it's a comfortable food for them. Yeah, yeah. Not on the plate always, like something like that. Yeah. So when you're giving them something that they uh, don't like or they've recently decided they don't like, um, you always want to pair that with something that you've seen them eat many, many times before. So that even if they're saying like, I don't like this, say they've eaten rice every day for a week and they're saying, I don't like this, you know that they kind of do like it. And if they're yeah. really hungry, they're not going to, 
avoid everything on the plate. Um, so yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, offering a safe food um, <laughs> for them, which is a you know a good thing that they'll eat. And then if you know if they don't eat the steak or whatever on the side, it's no big deal. They're not starving. Yeah, that's right. it. You never want to give a kid just a food that a they've right. never tried. <laughs> Um, as an option for a meal and that's it or that they like just never liked and they've repeatedly say I hate this and you're like well it's tonight is the night you're eating it so, <laughs> the recipe for disaster so many levels yeah too bad yeah. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. I love I love to say that uh like because one of my kids is a, a picky eater I love to say to them you don't have to eat this but let's try it so yeah. coming from that place of curiosity, like you said, like creating mm-hmm. that safe space seems to um, help a lot. So sometimes I'm like, oh, may- I wonder if this one tastes the same as last time when you tried it. <laughs> do you do you find that helps with, yeah. with kids with ADHD too? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's 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 that curiosity, right? Like you kind of have two conflicting, like curiosity and fear don't really. Um, blend with one another, right? The more curious you get about something, the less frightening it is. So if you're afraid of spiders and you start reading about spiders, they become less scary and weird and you might not be freaked out by them as much. And it's the same with food, right? Some kids literally are afraid of certain foods. So we need to get them really curious about it. And yeah, like like you said, discussing the flavor and some things are different from one day to the next, right? Like local strawberries versus the ones we ship in from other countries do taste different or do you think this is going to be uh, as sweet as the the apple you had yesterday or comparing types of apples things like that that's a really good a really good way to go about it Uh, yeah I always get that image in my head I've seen it on social media where you know there's a like four crackers and it's like same 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 and it's like a blueberry (laughs) and it's like sour tart sweet (laughs) Mushy. <laughs> well, I think what you're saying is bringing play into this, right? Like if you play yeah. with your food and if it becomes a good experience, instead of each time you get to the table, it's a struggle. And the yeah. kids associating the table, the food to struggle or to yeah. like where the resistance is. And, you know, but I feel as a parent also, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just keep it, keep it going. Like don't, don't give up. Sometimes it does. Like they say, it takes 20 times sometimes for a kid to like food. I can think of foods as an adult that I've tried and been like, no, I, this is healthy and I'm going to keep trying it. And it takes a dozen times before it tastes decent. Um, but yeah, keeping it positive. And um, when it comes to things like explore, uh, trying rather than saying, you don't have to eat this, but you have to try it. Um, I also like the idea of giving somebody a safe, like a napkin or a cup and say like, you know what, Um, if you try this and it's really not great in your mouth, you can spit it out politely, right? So they have that sort of safety net where what if I, a lot of kids think, what if I try this and it's horrible and then I'm, you know, forced to chew it up and swallow it and it's going to make me gag versus, you know, I can put this in my mouth. If it's really too much, I can put it in the napkin, just making sure that you explain, you know, the polite, do it politely. Don't spit it across the table. <laughs> I like this. That's a good idea. You know? Yeah. yeah. I just crazy. don't want, sometimes I'm worried about introducing those things because then I feel my kids always would like a napkin to spit out everything, you know, because <laughs> it becomes an option or a game. But I don't want to go there, but I see how well, my kids are a little, a little right now, but I, I can see when you have a 10 year old, you know, or a 12 year old and then yeah. you want to try it, but you know, like, you show them how to do it politely and if that doesn't work for you, exactly. but then they can keep yeah. exploring their uh, 
their food, the foods that they like and add to it. Yeah. Yeah. More, it would be more for like new food, right? If they're trying something yes. new versus like <laughs> something. I feel when we time. travel, when we travel, there's a lot more, like you said, like Thai food. And yeah. when, when we went to Mexico, like my kids go exposed to different things and uh, sometimes they like, and sometimes they didn't like, but it was a good way to, yeah. to get to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Expand their palate. Sometimes you go away and then they say, I liked that. And you can start making it at home. Yeah. If you look it up. Yeah. So how mm -hmm. can parents ensure that their kids develop a healthy relationship with food? Oh, that's so important, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky one. And this is the, <laughs> usually what I hear on when I'm, you know, chatting with um, on assessment calls, I'll hear like, I don't want to give her an eating disorder. I'm so afraid that I'm going to damage her relationship with food and that it's going to go, you know, too far the other direction, right? Where they're refusing to eat anything uh, un unhealthy. Um, and the best way to go about it is from an early age or from now, if your kids are already older, just stop labeling the food as uh, in terms of value. So like good food, bad food, healthy food, unhealthy food, junk food, even like try and avoid those terms and focus instead on actual, I don't want to say the science, but focus on things like, yeah, like meat is, gives us, helps us to grow muscles. Um, you know, uh, these orange, all the orange fruits and vegetables are really good for our eyes. Um, things that are sweets that are more like, um, if you want to say empty calories, you can just say like, this is something that gives us energy. And that's it, because that's really all that sugary foods do, right? They they provide a source of quick energy. They don't really give us uh, vitamins and, and minerals. Um, but we want to say things like, oh, uh, rather than saying, you had too much junk food today. You can't have this anymore. We want to focus more on, well, we didn't really eat anything green today. And those are the foods that help us, you know, not get sick. So if it's cold or flu season, for example, or, you know, like we've seen this past few years of, <laughs> of all these, you know, lockdowns and everything say, this is something that helps us, our immunity that helps us to stay, to stay healthy, to fight off the flus. Um, mm -hmm. So we want to try something like that today. And, you know, um, if same thing with with the meat, right? Like you've been playing a lot of sports lately and chicken is a, is a food that really helps you grow muscles. So I think we should try this now versus, you know, more buns or whatever they've been eating. So just trying to trying to make like we don't want to lie to them, but we don't we don't want to we don't want to lie to them. And we don't want to also like label foods as good and bad because they're not good and bad. Right. It's just things that you don't want to have all the time and things that you want to have more often. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I do this with my kids. I, I have, I think I have recorded something with Becca last year about uh, winning the broccoli war. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was about like consistency, play and be creative, you know? And yeah. uh, what I was saying to my child was uh, Nathan is growing because he's eating broccoli. Why don't you try it? Cause Alex didn't want it. So, and right. I kept, I, I kept giving it to him, giving it to him to a point that uh, now he loves it. But I took yeah. a lot of effort and time and play and me being creative. And I know like, Becca, you were saying like the green giant <laughs> eat greens, right? So <laughs> my my younger son, the picky one, um, really likes the Hulk. And so well, why do okay. you think the Hulk is green? <laughs> and somehow, someway, I also found a picture on, online of the Hulk eating broccoli or having broccoli around him. And he was convinced. <laughs> he was like, okay, I will eat this. Yeah. 
Awesome, and sometimes ladies. you can, especially if they're, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's um, okay. Go ahead. We have about your, 30 seconds left. Yeah. If your kids do have something that's really important to them, like if they're competitive dancers or swimmers, you can also point out, you know, a, a famous person in that domain who eats a certain amount of, you know, a lot of these famous athletes will post stuff about their diet and you can point that out to your kids and say, oh, look, this is like something that you could eat to improve your muscle definition or whatever they're their goal is, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So Shauna, thank you for joining us. Where can we find you? You can find me online at shaunahughesnutrition.com or on Instagram at Nutrition. Awesome. So um, to reach us or to view all our av available episodes, uh, please visit our website at mom-talk.ca or visit the Mom Talk YouTube channel or all the other podcast platform. The Mom Talk Show, previously called pa Parent Talk Podcast, and Les Parents Parlent Balado, is a bilingual show, so check out our great content in both English and in French. If you're an expert in the parenting world, please visit our contact us section on our website at mom-talk.ca. We want to hear from you and maybe you want to come on the show. So Mom Talk would like to thank our generous sponsor, Tri-Cities Community Television and La Société Francophone de Maillardville. If you know a mom that would benefit from listening to this episode, well, spread the love, ladies. Uh, share it with her. We want to help one another. So always remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. Uh, see you soon for another amazing guest from Becca, Heather, and I, Genevieve. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.